Thanks for having pressed play. You're now listening to Manage Your Damn Money, the podcast. I am, of course, your capable host, Ben Carter. And in this episode, we're actually talking to a guy that goes by the name of Sean Mitchell Perkins. Uh, his Instagram handle is SP the Plug. Sean is an artist. He paints. He does all kinds of things. Um, we're talking to Sean about how he is making it as an artist. He sells original pieces of artwork. He also does shows. He does all kinds of things. But he's full time and he's making it work. So we're going to talk to him about that. Um, and if you stay along for the conversation, we'll actually talk a little bit about his relationship status and why his unusual employment situation as an independent artist is a little bit tough for him. So stay tuned. And here we go with our conversation with Sean Mitchell Perkins. So we want to welcome you once again to Manage Your Damn Money, the podcast. Uh, Thank you again for having pressed play. I am here with Mr. Sean Mitchell Perkins. He is uh, also known as SP The Plug. He's a painter. Sean, welcome to the show. Hey, thanks for having me, man. Appreciate it. Absolutely, absolutely. So, I, I, I said you're a painter. Um, you know, you're an artist. Why don't you like kind of give me a, a, a really comprehensive explanation of, of what it is that you do? Yeah, definitely. Uh, so, I've been doing uh, art full time now for almost two years, and uh, so basically that just encompasses me uh, painting. I like to create something every day, whether it's a drawing or uh, you know something even as a, uh, like a painting or uh, even somewhere where I can have an event or a show because I really enjoy doing live paintings. Okay. And so, uh, you know, that's a, a big thing in the area, especially during the summer and, and uh, fall months where people have these pop-up uh, events or these pop-up shows or even like, you know, so it could be even a brunch. And I'll uh, basically go and set up and do like a live painting for a couple hours uh, because people like to see the whole creative process, not only in person, but from start to finish. So that's something I've been doing a lot. And in between time, uh, I create original uh, artwork uh, that I sell at shows uh, up and down the East Coast. And um, other si- aside from that, I would say uh, another way that I've been able to help my artwork for me is by uh, producing prints of artwork that... Um, that people can also have uh, for themselves as well. So that's available on my site at sptheplug.com. Excellent, excellent, excellent. So uh, real quick, what, what's your preferred medium or tools that you use? Oh, I love to use oil uh, on canvas just because uh, the oil is uh, easy to blend and, and control in terms of uh, working with any type of gradation or shading. Mm-hmm. And uh, a lot of my pieces uh, tend to involve some type of the you know, some type of the human body. Most of the time it's it's from a male, I mean, from a female model. And um, so the oil is something that I like to go to because when I'm doing the skin tones, it, it just it's just a lot more easier to work versus acrylic, which I like to use uh, when I'm doing a live painting because the acrylic dries very fast. Okay. And so I'm able to layer uh, very quickly and just kind of build the composition up from the from the ground bottom because I usually only have like a two hour time span when I'm working with the live painting. Mm-hmm. So the acrylic is something that I like to use for that and also for uh, some of my backgrounds mm-hmm. because I like to do uh, a lot of abstract style expressionism backgrounds on some of my pieces. Okay, excellent, excellent. So so your artist, you kind of just gave us a recap. Where where exactly did becoming an artist? And then I guess a, a little bit about where becoming an artist professionally started happening for you. Yeah, um, 
So I've always, always loved to draw. Like ever since I was young, the first, the first thing I, that I remember, or at least I hear stories about me drawing was Bart Simpson with black Sharpie on my grandma's leather couch. So <laughs> I can imagine that probably didn't turn out too well for me. I don't remember the whooping, so it must have not been that bad. But, uh, that I think my mom was the one that actually got in trouble for that because I was so young at the time. Right. But uh, I've been... Your mom been, got the uh, whooping. Yeah, she probably got... Yeah, my grandma probably got in her about that one. <laughs> but, uh, no, nah, I've always been drawn ever since I was young. I used to, you know, elementary school, draw Ninja Turtles over and over again when I get bored. So it's just like something that's always been there for me. Mm-hmm. And then my grandmother is a... Is a uh, she's passed now, but she was a great, great artist. She was really good with her hands, and she made a lot of uh, arts and crafts. And so I, f- I figured that's probably where my talents kind of, you know, trickled down from. Right, right, right. But uh, so I, you know, that trend that transgressed into a high school where I, you know, I I loved my drawing. Uh, my my drawing class is probably my favorite course. Okay. And um, that is where I produced a lot of my. Uh, chalk pastel works that helped me get a, a partial art scholarship at uh, Albion College, which is actually the first college that I went to. It's a small liberal arts fine art college in western Michigan. Uh, had a partial art scholarship, partial, partial basketball scholarship that allowed me to attend there. And uh, after my freshman year, I tore my ACL. Oh, no. <laughs> so, yeah, so I, so I spent the whole summer uh, surgery, rehab, all that good stuff, and I came back the first practice of my sophomore year toward again. Oh no. So man. that was kinda like I just took that as, you know, sign from God. Right. This ain't gonna happen. <laughs> like, and you're, and you're a tall dude. How tall are you? Yeah, man? I'm six four, so like you know, I you know, I always love to draw, but definitely during this time of my life, uh-huh. basketball was my first love, like, hands down. Like that's what I wanted to do. That's what I was always practicing for. Right. And so I kinda put my artistic, you know, skill set on the back burner for that. But after you know, my back-to-back injury with my knee, I decided it was, a, you know, a good change. I mean, a good time for a change. And I uh, decided to move to D.C. to attend Howard University, which is where I finished up my uh, bachelor's in graphic design at. So there, you know, I learned Photoshop, Illustrator, Adobe, and all that, all those uh, software that deal with graphic design. And I landed my first job uh, after graduation in Dallas, okay. uh, where I became a 3D modeler. Oh, so, wow. all that all that kind of led up to this point. What's a th- uh, what's a three what's a three D modeler? So basically, they they would give me a a floor plan for either a house or this this company I was working for also made these huge underground bunkers that some people decided to get you know that wasn't a house and uh, but either way the the architect would give me the floor plan. Okay. And I would put it inside a a, a program called Maya, which is a three D uh, rendering program, and that, that uh, floor plan would lay flat inside the program and I would go around it and make all the walls and then I would raise the walls up and then start dropping in furniture and, and, and oh, texture. So you kind of would create those things you see on like HGTV. Yeah, 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 exactly. Like Property Brothers, they always give <laughs> a rendered and dis- rendition of what the space would look like right. once it's finished and built. And well, that, all that, the furniture's in there. That's a perfect explanation because I know exactly what that is. Yep, yep. So that's what I was doing. And as cool as it looks, man, it's very labor intensive and it takes a lot of uh, concentration because it's very meticulous and everything's so detailed and the program's got like a million options, you know, I could go on for days. But uh, I was out there for about six to six, seven months. And um, that last, I would say, 30 days was kind of 
my realization where I came into the fact that this is something that I'm able to do that is cool for a job, but not necessarily my life's calling is. Sure. And so, you know, at this point, I'm single, uh, have no children, you know, and I just figured it was a good time, you know, uh, to transition into what I really wanted to do rather than working for somebody else and trying to find space to fulfill my dreams. So I just took a leave of faith. I quit my job. I moved back to D.C. I started working in a restaurant uh, as a server so I could have a means to support myself. Right. And uh, after being able to save up and uh, styling, finally starting able to, you know, kick out some big pieces. Right. I was able to transition into where I am now is just, you know, being able to paint full time and um, doing doing my art, you know, full time for myself. Right, right, right. So uh, it's a whole lot in what you just said. But real quick. So you're from Detroit. And the story, the story that I was telling you earlier yeah. was that I, I first came across your work at a uh, what was called a pancakes and beer event. It was like an art event here in D.C. Yeah. And, uh, you know, you have that Joker piece, which is pretty epic. That was the thing that kind of pulled me over to look at your stuff. Yeah. Um, the particular showcase we were at, it was a whole bunch of like young, I guess what you would say, millennial aged artists who had their work on display just like you did. Uh -huh. um, there was some hot stuff there. Explain to me how that doing something like a showcase like that, a, a major, I guess, socially intertwined uh, showcase is kind of a component of what you have to do as an independent artist. Yeah, as an independent artist, uh, you're always seeking opportunities to get your work some exposure. Now, like I said, whether that's doing a you know a simple brunch event on a Saturday morning, or a full blown you know art event like Pancakes and Bulls, who always do a great job of hosting that uh, downtown at uh, Penn Social. Uh, their space, you know, they they always pack it out. And I think last time they had over three thousand people that attended throughout the course of the evening. So, did you sell anything? Yeah, I actually was able to sell that Joker piece. Oh, dang. Uh, <laughs> and also sold another piece called uh, Body Language, which, okay. er which everybody liked. It was like a girl with a lot of writing on her. Okay. But, uh, yeah, so that event is something I always uh, look to do because things like that are, like I said, opportunities for us as artists to get our work in front of thousands of people that we might not necessarily have that platform if we're not inside a, a major gallery or, you know, uh, doing Art Basel in Miami down at the end of the year in December. So it's just like uh, we always have to seek these places and these things, uh, these uh, events that will help us get the, the work, the exposure, and help it get in front of other people because, you know, I can paint all day, but if I got the paintings in my living room, you know, <laughs> I'm only be able to sell it to my roommate and maybe my right. maybe my mom. You know what I mean? <laughs> so yeah, you definitely got to get your hands dirty. Got to get out in the city. Uh, I like to not only do D.C., but I try to get to you know Philly, Baltimore, Atlanta, Boston, uh, and uh, yeah, wherever wherever there's somewhere I can host uh, my work at and, and get people to see it. I'm there. Okay. I can be there. Okay, excellent, excellent. And uh, you mentioned you're full-time, and like you, a couple years ago, you kind of transferred into to focusing on full-time. You used the, the, you know, being a waiter as kind of that transition period. Explain to me, like, for every person who's able to make a living without necessarily working for someone traditionally, right. there's like a period which we discussed, which is where you figure out essentially what your business model is going to be. Right. right, and how you, Sean, are going to make money. Why don't you explain exactly how you made that transition and what your business model actually is? 
Yeah, definitely. Uh, so for me, uh, let me just say, anybody that's that's planning to, you know, just quit their job and, and do what their what their passion or their calling is full time, you know, it's never going to be easy. Uh, for me, you know, there were definitely times where I doubted myself. You know, uh, may have felt a little bit depressed and kind of questioning whether or not I can actually make it happen. And I think once you get to that point. Um, you find ways to bring yourself out of that because, you know, I'm naturally a positive person, uh, upbeat. I like to be uh, around people that are also on the same wavelength. And I think that kind of helps uh, feed to everybody's productivity. And so being at that low point and not really knowing where your next dollar comes from because, you know, when, you, when you're at a job and you know you're going to get paid on Friday, um, you know, even though the stresses of life might weigh down on you, at least you have that to fall back on, that you have some income coming in right, that you can payday. that you can count on and nobody can, Yeah, nobody can take that from you. That check's gonna come in your name. No what you gotta do with the money or if you got bills, that's on you. Right. But at least you got that coming in. And so, <clears throat> you know, transitioning to that point where I you know, I didn't know where my next dollar's coming from. You, you're constantly finding yourself uh, thinking of ways and creative ways of how to make your work work for you. And so, um, I, I, um, aside from selling originals, which doesn't happen every day, sometimes I go a month or two without selling an original piece of artwork. Right. Uh, you know, there's little, there's little uh, nuances that I kind of follow that uh, help me at least get some type of cash flow going. Okay. Uh, so with my graphic, my background being in graphic design, uh, I subcontract uh, graphic design work uh, through people that you know I've known over the years, warm contacts, that may be seeking a company brand or a logo. And also what I do is I, I get all of my work that I've completed, I get it professionally shot with a nice camera so that I'm able to reproduce uh, artist prints. Oh, wow. And these are, these are at a very low price point. Of, I noticed know, that. The, the, the price point to me was even like, oh, this is affordable. Yeah, yeah. Like, I mean, because, you know, not everybody's walking around, even myself. I'm, I don't got an extra 2000 to, to spend on a, a piece of art as right, much as right. I would love to. Uh, but I might have $20 uh, to get of a print of that piece of art that I really like. You know, and that's not going to be something that I'm not able. Then you know, I'm not able to get groceries now, or something like that. You know, right, and right. so I found it uh, very important that not only at the shows to bring my originals with me, because that's when I was having shows at first. That's all I would do. I'd bring like four or five originals, and then I'd pray that somebody bought one. <laughs> <laughs> you know, right. and uh, even though sometimes that does happen, uh, now I never go anywhere without artist prints too, because I can sit on my originals the whole show but if i get rid of 30 40 prints That's at it. 10 15 dollars a pop you know That's i've love. covered my time and my expenses and right. get to and from the place in it you know it, it just it just helps create that cash flow mm -hmm. and so uh these are things that i found out only by going through the struggle <laughs> you know what i mean so there's no uh, blueprint uh for it but it's just kind of like you'll figure out ways to you know to eat you know you have right. to Right, right, right. So we're talking to Sean Mitchell Perkins, also known as SP The Plug. We're going to take a real quick music break, and when we come back, we'll talk some more to Sean about how he's made his artistry work for him.
right, so we're back here, Manager Damn Money, the podcast. I'm with Sean Mitchell Perkins. He's an artist out of the D.C. area. And we've been talking about a couple different things. Uh, a moment ago, you were just talking about your having figured out your business model, which is, which is essentially create the art and then creating different mediums by which to sell the art, whether it's the originals or like the, you know, offshoot prints or, or I saw you have mugs on the website. Yeah, so, yeah. So, so, for, so in your mind, what's what's like the best or ideal life cycle for something that you create like you you paint it and it's like a big old original canvas like what would you like to have happen ideally after that point okay so i, I create the i create the work um you know i mostly always work on canvas so the, the work is created on canvas after it's created i then uh, take a what they call a 4k camera 4k camera which is you know super hd and um i take the work outside and shoot it in the shade uh and or in indirect sunlight because that tends to be what produces the best quality for the photo okay. of the of the picture and once i had that high res photo uh then put that on my laptop and that can be uploaded to any print company or even if i wanted to print them myself uh on my epson printer you know the quality of the of the photos is uh, extremely high, so that's going to be uh, the best resolution and the closest that you would get to the original, without being original. Right. So uh, it kind of just goes through this whole process of being painted, then being photographed, or scanned, and then being printed out on a fine art uh, quality paper or archival grade paper. Right. And um, once that's once that's done, you know, uh, I put them in nice plastic sleeves uh, with my business card, and and then they're ready to sell. Excellent, excellent. So, how many not originals? You said you can go sometimes a month or two without selling originals. Real quick, how how many of like the secondary pieces or non-original pieces do you sell on average on a month? Oh yeah. So aside from originals, um, a lot of I I noticed a lot of people. May, may like the style of my work or may ha like how the work is executed, but they want something uh, very specific to themselves in which it becomes a commission. Right. So um, that's another way that I've been able to uh, to make some money is because, you know, people will say, you know, I got this picture of me and my, me and my mom from when I was young and, you know, I, I just I always loved it. I, I would love for you to make it into a painting. Is that something that you can do? Right. And the answer is yes. And, uh, and for any commission piece, um, you know, I usually have the, the person put down a deposit for materials and then my turnaround time is a week to get that piece back to them. Uh, whether they're locally, I bring it to them uh, person to person, or if they're outside the DMV, and then I go ahead and ship it to them using FedEx. Oh wow! Yeah. How many how many commissions have you done, like say, in the last six months? Last six months, I've probably done about fifteen commissions. Oh wow, that's pretty months. good. That's pretty good. That's pretty good. Um, so I'm gonna kind of double back a little bit, back to a little bit earlier in the story. You, you went specifically into that moment where you moved from Dallas, Texas, up, back up to DC. You're from Detroit. And yep. you became a waiter. And you said, I'm going to pursue this. I don't know exactly how I'm going to pursue it. Tell me about some of the things you had to do, like financially speaking, when it came to making that transition. Did you like plan for it? Had you saved a, a certain amount of money? Had you not saved a certain amount of money? Like what was going on then during that time? Uh, during the time that I was uh, working as a, as a server? Yeah, like as you transitioned into figuring out this whole art thing, what were you doing financially? Like 
Yeah, um, I mean, I I always try to save money. Now <laughs> we are in DC, so it, it's it's a little hard to save money. It seems like you walk outside and you just spend fifty dollars right now. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> no, definitely had to save a little bit. I mean, I have to have money to be able to buy materials, and canvas is 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 not cheap, you know. And neither is like oil paint. Sometimes you can pay, you know, just ten dollars for a small two ounce tube. So the the materials can add up quick. So I definitely had to have some uh, money saved up. And then transitioning, during the transition into being full-time, I was work I was working at the restaurant. And also what I was doing is I would get off work. Let's say I worked 4 to 10. I would get home by 11. And then I would paint um, probably until like 5, 6 in the morning. Oh, wow. And then, and then get back up at like around 10 to go back to work. Dedication. So it's, I, uh, really, I just sacrificed sleep, <laughs> you know what I mean? And uh, one of the major things that I was doing was while I was working, I started a project called 30 for 30, uh, partly because I'm a big ESPN head. That's probably the only channel that I watch. But aside from that, uh, my 30 for 30 related to me by being 30, 30 paintings in 30 days. Oh, wow. So okay. I figured if I could do something that uh you know that massive and and, and kind of just going out there and just doing something crazy like that that would help get me in the flow that i needed to be in so no matter what uh no matter if i worked a double or if i didn't work at all every day i created a piece and i and even if it wasn't finished the next day i moved on to a new piece right. and I, I could always go back but i had to start something new every day okay and i did that for 30 days and um uh, as I would say at the end of that month, you know, aside from being extremely tired, I was I was so fulfilled because I could look back, look around my apartment and just see like everything that had transpired in just a month. And see product. Uh, you yeah. actually have uh I guess time lapse video of that up on your Instagram at SP the plug, right? Yeah, exactly. Yep. Okay, excellent, excellent. Um and so real quick, uh it's funny because we're talking about Instagram, you have some videos available uh up there kind of corresponding that shows that process like you'll work on two uh paintings at once yeah and what i noticed is you had posted a selfie not too long ago and the caption was something like she's probably better with oh. some fella with a regular job oh man <laughs> so explain you explain <laughs> what you meant when you posted a selfie and said oh, she's probably man. better Man, you've been doing like research, man. You know, just a little bit, man. I just, I, it was funny because I saw it and I'm like, oh man, this is about to be a perfect thing for our discussion yeah. in a couple of days. So what was that about? So basically, okay, uh, without going too in-depth of right. wasting a whole interview on this subject, uh, <laughs> before I started painting, I was in a, a six-year a six relationship oh, with, wow. my, with my Howard sweetheart, you know? And... Uh, the whole transition in between me uh, kind of quitting my job and moving back to D.C. and kind of just going on this whole new journey in life mm-hmm. created a little bit of uh, friction between us, which ultimately, ultimately led to us just going our separate ways. Now, that wasn't a direct shot at her, right, right. but uh, I've noticed also since being single these last two and a half years, um, you know, I have, I have taken a, a little time out to, you know, mingle or date or just try to you know have some time with somebody other than myself you know because you can go crazy just sitting in an apartment painting all day so i I do like that social interaction and being around you know a female of course Mm -hmm. and so um i've noticed that uh my lifestyle now unless that person 
truly understands what I'm what I'm going after, like which is my dreams, right. they don't really get what I do because, you know, there could be three or four days straight where you might not hear from me or I've just been I started a mural this day and then I went straight from a mural to a commission and straight from commission to an original and then I had a show the next day and then I had a live painting the next day and they're like, Whoa, you know, I I texted you three, four days ago that I haven't heard from you and it's kinda right. like I don't know how else to say it except that I don't work a nine to five. Like right. I don't so have what what's yeah, the disconnect what's the disconnect there? Like I cause I cause I imagine there are a lot of people out there who have similar situations or entrepreneurs or have some other creative thing that they pursue. Yeah. What what do you think is the uh, thing that misses in translation between folks who kind of follow like the nine to five model uh-huh. um, and, and something that you do where you're kind of all, all over the place and it requires some flexibility in terms of your understanding? Right, right, right. Um, well, I would say that I'm always upfront, and so I always kind of explain like who I am to whoever that I'm that I'm talking to and uh off off jump it always seems like it's cool and then you know if anything they might be kind of intrigued by it but then reality sets in you know and and I would say that at this point in my life um I've I've done the whole relationship thing and and when you're in a relationship it's it's you know it's definitely a two-way street mm-hmm. and so um I've kind of been through the whole thing of of sacrificing maybe something that I wanted to do for somebody else for our happiness together and having gone down that road and you know been on that road for so long I would have to say that honestly I'm at a selfish time in my life and you know I'm okay with that and uh, it it might not be fair to somebody else's which is why I understand if somebody doesn't receive that very well but Oh, you still there, man? Yeah, I'm here. Hold on, just wait wait a second. I got like a bus or something passing by the house. Yeah, I'm at the point now where I understand if, if somebody's not able to receive that well because, you know, I totally understand how it is to be in a relationship. Like, you have to make sacrifices for the benefit of each other. But I always explain to people the best way that I can. Hey, look, you know, I've set goals that I'm trying to smash through. And uh, in order for me to be able to be that good counterpart to somebody else, I need to be happy with myself first. And until I reach that plat- that place, until I feel some type of uh, progress in that direction, my time is going to be super limited because while you're sleeping or while you're at happy hour, I'm, you know, working, you know what I mean? And I take pride in that. And um, I think that's the only way I'll be able to get to where I want to be, or at least the next level is if I'm dedicated. Right, absolutely. Look, ladies, listen, at SP the plug, he's 6'4". He's a good looking dude. Go look, go send him a DM. Right, but I appreciate you sharing that because uh, that's definitely an interesting thing that I know creatives and you know you have to have, have, when it comes to relationships you have to have that perfect match where there's a level under, yeah. of understanding of like the lack of income that might happen like you might not yep. be able to go on like a date exactly yeah that too man you know when I was when I was working you know I was all about treating you to a full dinner and now I'm like man you know how much pain I could have got <laughs> You know what I'm but, uh, every night out with the lady is like in exchange for a paint that's funny now that oh. being said we can't get creative and have a date at home and we can do you know a live painting session you yeah know but you know that only goes for so far exactly yeah <laughs> it's like we have why we don't go nowhere right, right, right. uh but you you actually mentioned and referenced it a little bit earlier uh you talked about you know 
having gone through the experience of a long term relationship and kind of like eventually when you circle back to to that again uh the person kind of being understanding of your ultimate goals what what are those like what where do you see sean mitchell perkins you know if 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 everything plays out the way you want it to play out man uh one of the one of the biggest goals i probably wrote down are just kind of a culmination of what i want to encompass over my career is i want to be known as one of the greatest artists of all time you know not just I, you know, a lot of times people will label me as a black artist, which I have no issue with because I do uh, a lot of pieces that include black people, you know, and uh, I'm black myself. So I got no issue with that. But I want to be known as one of the best artists, not just black artists, but artists in general. Right. So, you know, that would take showcasing my uh, work in, you know, uh, Smithsonian's or, you know, galleries over in France and Europe and London. And so I want to be able to share my work with the world. And to be able to do that, you have to have it on a world stage. And so that's kind of what I'm chasing right now is that, that stage to, uh, to show my work and to have people receive it, whether they like it, whether they don't like it, that's up to them because art is subjective. But um, I mean, art is subjective, but uh, you know, at least have that opportunity for people to, to see it and to, and to see if they, if they think it's dope or not. Excellent, excellent, excellent. And uh, as we wrap up, before we go, why don't you just share with people if, if they want to learn more about your work, where, where can they get more information about that? Yeah, so SP The Plug is my handle on all social media uh, platforms, aside from Facebook, uh, which I just have my personal page. So SP The Plug, S-P-T-H-E-P-O-U-G dot um, com is my website. Uh, SP The Plug is my Instagram, is my Twitter so if you want to see any of my work, uh, my website or my IG is probably the best place to go. My website will show uh, a small portion of my completed works that I have uh, for sale for prints as well as originals. And if you want to see more of a day-to-day, uh, I guess, creative feed, then the IG is the best place for you to be. And um, you, you can also reach out to me through uh, Gmail, which is plug at Gmail. So it's, it's the same thing on every platform. And um, that's definitely where you can check me out at. Excellent, excellent. And, and SP is just short for, for Sean, Sean Perkins. Perkins. Okay, yeah. so it's not. And the plug is kind of like uh, I came up with that when I was first started painting. I was going by Percasso, which I thought was cool <laughs> at first, but then I realized how much I hated it very quickly because one, people would be like, "Oh, Picasso," like you know, it was too close to somebody else. One, and I don't want to be, uh, you know, like trying to copy a take you know take away from anybody else so i I came up with the plug it's my trademark uh, which is something you'll see in some of my pieces there might be an outlet somewhere Mm -hmm. and it's just it's just symbolic for me because i'm always that person that tries to network or tries to find the real plug you know what i mean so i'm uh, always seeking that uh out and i'm always you know thriving at the at the chance to to connect the dots between uh me and, and whoever else uh, that that's out there that has something that we can work with together. Excellent, excellent. Sean Mitchell Perkins, also known as SP the Plug, not to be confused with Percasso. Hey. <laughs> we, we, I appreciate you joining us here on Manager Damn Money the Podcast, and we of course thank you, the listener, for having press play. We'll see you on the next episode. Have a good one. They say that money made the world go round.